insight and awareness spiritual explorer, soul intuitive, emotional and spiritual mentor and award-winning author, Lorraine Nylon. Hello, explorers, and welcome to the Insight and Awareness Spiritual Explorers podcast. I'm your host, Lorraine Nylon, and today I have the absolute pleasure of having Dan Hegerick here, who is a six-time cancer survivor and a heroic life and wellness coach and an expert in conscious healing. And we want to know more about that, Dan. So thank you for turning up. Sure thing. I'm so glad, Lorraine. And uh, I know we had a little technical glitch, but we're, we we managed to move through the potholes. Of course, I'm in New England and we hit a pothole, a technological pothole, flat tire, and now we're we're on the road again. So I greatly appreciate you for uh, working with technology in such a way that we managed to be here right now. We, we did. Yeah, it's lovely to have you here. So can you tell us more about... Well, A, surviving cancer, and B, conscious healing. So So they go hand in hand, I would think, because cancer came into my life at a, obviously at a unannounced time in my life. So it wasn't something that it was planned or expected. I was living the the script of Western life, you know, uh, the American dream. And I was checking off the boxes, became a civil engineer, following the path of a professional engineer, met a woman, got married. And six months after I got married, I found my, myself in the office of Dr. Lawrence Cloud, where we met shaking hands. And I was wondering, why is a 29-year-old kid so sick? Why am I so sick? And you took a biopsy out of a lymph node out of the clavicle area here. Right. And so he and I were shaking, meeting eye to eye, and he had a profound question. And he said, Dan, how did such a young man such as yourself get into the business of cancer? That's a big question. So, so it was nonchalant. It was, you know, it wasn't something that was... I would say uh, uh, it was very casual and very relaxed. It wasn't something serious. It was just something that the divine intervention met. And I took that question and I ran with it and went inward. And I asked myself the question. I said, Dan, how did you get here? And my mind went to seek the answers. So if I want to cut it short a little bit so we could really dive deeper and wider into this, essentially, I realized I was living an ignorant and arrogant life. And what did I mean? I didn't know the things that I was doing were harming me and affecting me. And I knew the things that I was doing was harming me. And I did it anyway. Yeah. Okay. So I was living. We we are all guilty of that. Yeah. We are all guilty of that. Yes. So at that point, I also realized I was manipulating the world to get what I wanted, because that's really how the Western world is, is get what you want and do whatever you can to get what you want, specifically materialistically. Right. So. Um, and in a course of man's way, it's like, get the woman, you know? And so the idea there was, wow, I really was being a, I don't know, for lack of a better word, a, a, a lesser human being than I could have been. Let's just say that. <laughs> Polite okay? report. Yep. Yes. And so, and then it showed the behaviors and I said, wow, this is an interesting moment because if I created this in my life, then if I I can actually answer that question, I can create my wellness and save my soul and help a lot of people along the way if I can really answer that question. And so I'm here today, 20 years later, 22 years later, after six years of chemotherapy, radiation, bone marrow transplants, divorce, the whole thing, the whole house of cards came down. And I surrendered to learn how to live in accordance with nature's laws in my true authentic nature. And 
that was the answer to my cancer, essentially. Well, I must say, you look extremely healthy. You yeah, do, well, thank you. You do. You look really extremely mm-hmm. healthy. So how did you emotionally, you know, because that sounds like a massive roller coaster ride. Mm-hmm. So how did you find the resilience within yourself? What did you start looking for within yourself? I, 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 I have to say probably it sparked the creative competitor, you know, to oh. answer the question. You know, in other words, uh, of course, I was afraid. And, and but of course, I was also courageous at the same time, because if you're afraid, then you can access courage. True. Right. And so courage is a great virtue. And behind courage is love. So I realized that my love for life for life itself was the guiding intention. That's a that's a beautiful intention, because a lot of us are existing and not living because we're not really loving life. Just for life itself, not like I don't. Life is not responsible for giving me something. That's true, <laughs> <laughs> and it gave me cancer, right? So I can't hold it responsible for that. And I don't say it gave me it. You know, cancer is an expression of of life. It's it's another life form seeking expression. Let's put it that way. That's a different way of looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just another life form seeking expression given the environmental terrain for it to grow. So let's use an analogy for all the listeners. Let's say you go through the woods here in New England. We have um, perfect time for mushrooms. So you walk through the forest and mushrooms could be considered a cancerous outgrowth. And yet you look at it and you go, oh, it's just another life form seeking expression given the environmental conditions. Correct? Correct. Right. But it has a positive use in nature. Yeah. So cancer is another life form seeking expression, and maybe it has a positive a positive use within the body to awaken me to live a conscious life. There you go. I can honestly say I've never thought of it that way. So that's a that's a good point to contemplate. That's a yeah. It's a very interesting way to look at cancer. It's not an enemy. It's actually it's another thing that says that anything in life can be used as a conscious healer or for our conscious healing. And we can navigate a little bit and touch on conscious healing is that you are consciously creating the life you want and who you want to be in the world. And so you are moving in a direction of recognizing, becoming aware that you're on the wheel of suffering, chasing pleasure and avoiding pain, pain, avoiding pain. So that's our animal instinct, but we're not animals. We might have an animal body, but we're not animals. We can rise above that and bring our, our thinking to the front of the brain and be creative and be analytical and higher reasoning and consciousness, et cetera. So if we're just living like an animal on the hedonic pathway, then we're disempowering ourselves all along the way. And yeah. we're really running unconsciously. True. It's an unconscious program running. So some would say it's a hypnotic state, right? We're just in a, we're hypnotized by the people, places, and things of the world, and that we identify as this body mind. Yeah, and right? and everyone that's doing that ends up getting to a point where they go, I feel like I'm just on a treadmill or a merry-go-round. Just yes, yeah, just doing yeah. the same thing. Same old, same old. Yeah. You know, I ch- I changed the furniture around the house to make me feel good, but I haven't burned the house down. Yeah. <laughs> really transform things. Yeah. And so my house burned down. And so I had to say, look at that pathway and say, okay, I can dip my toe and I can enjoy that, but I cannot lose myself in there to the devil, essentially. And I have to get on the pathway of empowerment. And what is that pathway? Is conscious healing. You have to enter your own suffering consciously. You have right. to stop numbing it out. You have to stop medicating it. You have to stop the idea that you can run away from it. 
I'm sitting here nodding, going, yes, 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 because that's I totally agree with what you're saying. Right. So that's the mature adult or the maturing spirit. And now we're starting to identify as the drawing, the drawing of that experience for me in rising above my cancer days is that now that's the driving force is to get a deeper and wider connection to the force that's driving me to be love in the world rather than need love. Yeah. So, and, and for you, how are you, how did you tap into that? You know, like, okay, where was your starting point? So if we've got someone at sitting at home going, righto, sounds brilliant. Where's my starting point? I realized, you know, when I, the first starting point for me, and I'll go from back then when it happened, when I surrendered that the medical model was just a fear-based model and couldn't understand that I wanted to learn how to self-love myself back to well-being, self-love is the starting point. And what does that mean? So self-love people, if you ask them, they don't even know what it means. Like they, they get lost. They think it's selfish or no, 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 no. Self-love is doing the things that will take you to who you want to become in the world, is to love your future self by the actions you take today. Yes, I'm nodding. Okay. Again. Yeah. And that's, the, and that's why in relationships, you don't want to fall in love with someone the way they are. That's no good because there's no room for that person to transform and change into who they want to become. So you want to have a conscious relationship where you're saying, hey, who do you have a vision for yourself in this world and who do you want to become? I want to love that. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah, because you're, you're giving complete scope that I know you're going to change, which we all do as we get older and in different life experiences. So I'm accepting that and we're going to expand. If we expand together or I'm going to acknowledge that we're going to- Yeah, and not hold that person a prisoner that they can't have that freedom to stretch their wings. And maybe the relationship has to end naturally so that person can become more of who they're supposed to be in the world. So that's the same thing with me. I had to say, oh, I have to let go of that identity, engineering, the marriage, the whole script. And I had to start to learn to be happy within, which is joy, right? Yeah. Because no one can take your joy away. Yeah, that's right. You, you but, just, you know, yeah. things can externally can be happy and something can make you unhappy. But that's the that's the hedonic pathway. We want to move out of that and get into the joy state, which is nobody can take that away. There's no such thing as unenjoying. You know, yeah, it's just enjoyment. And that pathway for me is health. And so that's where I started was I left the medical model. Listen, I left the medical model. Right. And that was the first step. But it was because I wanted to love myself back to well-being and i had to learn the message of that which means it's going to require a lot of self-mastery and self-mastery is self-discipline to say yes to those things that are going to bring you towards who you want to be yeah and in that you have to sometimes let go of what isn't working so that's does... the next part yeah self-mastery is self-control to say no to the things that are going to take you away from that yeah that, and, and that's so you have to have self-control it's it's almost much harder because that's the infant, that's the childhood trauma because the children didn't know how to let go and have self-control and they weren't taught appropriately except through the way they actually self-abuse and, and self-sabotage themselves through candy and sugars and various things and especially food to numb out the discomfort. And so, um, and then you distance yourself from who do I want to become? Instead, you just say, I just don't want to be that. I just don't want to do that. Instead, yeah. of, I want to do this and I want to do that. 
Because when I'm, even for myself and when I'm working with other people, it's all about, you know, like tap into the truth of what you're feeling, otherwise you're going to suppress it or try to, you know, run from it, escape it, and then it just becomes unresolved emotional baggage. And then, and it was interesting uh, that even the other day I had a lady that her, she was telling herself she had to accept reality. So she was being very conscious about this is reality and I've got to accept it, but she was ignoring that that she was feeling sad about something. And I said, well, you've got to actually let yourself have that moment where you feel the sadness about what's occurring and accept it and let that feeling be something so it can move. But we keep trying to run away from what we're feeling. So it doesn't move. Sure. And we actually create a story around the feeling. Yes. We create a belief about ourselves and about the way life is and about the people around us that someone might have created that feeling. And so that's what children do. Yeah, it's true. Okay, that's what children do. So you know that if you're doing that, you know where you are emotionally in that moment. Yeah. And so you're you're actually emotionally hijacked from your higher reasoning. Exactly. So what you're saying is, is you have to have the space and allow yourself to just feel so the higher reasoning will come through. Now, here's how I put it. So if you're having an emotional feeling, know that it is not the truth. It's real, but it's not the truth. And the reason why it's it's real for you is you're experiencing it. The reasons why it's not the truth is because if you stick with it and stay with it, it, it goes away. But the truth never goes away. The truth remains. Exactly. Wait, and so what's going to happen is, is that if you sit with the urgency to run away from that discomfort, if you sit with it long enough, the truth will come. And once the once the healing has taken place, but this is what we're saying about conscious healing, you have to be aware that you are not the feeling and the yeah. feelings are not the truth. They're just real in the moment and they will pass. Yeah. And I would say like the truth of your feelings is your soul communicating to you your reaction to reality, what's happening around you, or, you know, it could be could be the reality of your own thoughts too, an internal world and your emotions are anything that when you've rejected your feelings, you've t- you've converted them into a type of emotion that you don't even realize you're doing it sometimes. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't, but you, that becomes something that you store. So it's like the more in tune you are with the truth of your feelings, the more in tune you are to the truth of your soul because you, you've got an, a, an ability to communicate with it. Well, in fact, if and you, you are with that, if, if you actually can say, all right, I'm feeling sadness and you say, I, I am feeling sadness, I'm experiencing sadness. Now what you're happening is, is that you, the spirit's in charge now. The awareness part of us is in charge. Yes. Right? Rather than saying, uh, you didn't come home on time, so you made me sad. Now the ego's in charge. And now the, you know, now you're at the whim of something else. You're in the competitive plane of living. You're you know, asking them to be responsible for what you're feeling yes, and not being not... able to communicate that. I got that. Okay. But how do we start to build that strength is what I was sharing before was I had to make a choice of, of the medical model, you know, wasn't there to answer the question. How did I get into the business of cancer? It wasn't because I didn't have enough chemotherapy growing up. It wasn't because I didn't get enough radiation. <laughs> it wasn't because I didn't get medication, you know, it was something else, right? So if it doesn't answer that question, then it doesn't solve the real spiritual issue that's in the spiritual mental issue that I was called upon in this divine timing of my life to answer. 
right? Yeah. So yeah. that was just a that was just something that is uh, not something I planned. It was just something that de- some something else that we could call consciousness or intelligence or the unknown, the grace of God, whatever, that acted on my behalf and helped me through that. Yeah. And I have to open up a relationship with that part as a sense of gratitude for life. Yes. And that's my process now is to keep doing what I can to open a relationship. And the way I can summer it for people is health is the foundation to life. Yes. Okay. In this human body. And so I know that we have a mammalian primal body and that has a certain need and we need to meet that need and we need to find and discover that for ourselves. But we also have a different part of us, which is the energetic self. And that part has a whole different set of needs. True. And so we need to understand what those needs are for ourselves because it's communicating. Both the animal body is communicating its needs as in defecation or urination or hunger or sex drive or whatever you're calling it. But then there's the other part of us that's calling for self-expression, autonomy, creativity, uh, purpose and meaning, you name it, the list can go on. I just summed it up. Health is the foundation to life and your purpose is love. Love is your purpose to life and, or living. And so what that means is you can be love in anything that you're doing. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It does not matter when you're on the path of empowerment. It matters who is showing up, what is showing up and who is showing up in your daily needs and activities. And so that is the pathway that I'm on. So your purpose is not necessarily to find that one thing you're supposed to hear, be here to do. Think about it. You're just here to be love in all the things that you're doing and just start to take care of your body temple. So the, the spirit of the unknown could take full residence. But if the temple is full of weeds and psychological entanglement in your emotionality and unresolved issues, then the spirit of God can't really come in very well until the pain gets greater. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, or the fear gets greater, right? Either one pain and fear are fuel for your liberation. Yes, so, <laughs> that is true. So, so <laughs> it's a fantastic <laughs> motivator. Pain <laughs> and fear is a motivator. <laughs> it can be. And for me, that was that was something underneath that I just realized that fear and pain were energy sources, another life form seeking expression. But they're but they're both not the truth. They're just real, but the truth comes behind those. Yeah, it follows or it's still there. It's always there. The truth for each person is always there. It's just now we have to be able to sit consciously as adults in a safe environment. Right. Yeah. The safety of people that can witness it, especially witness it, because when someone can hold that space and witness you going through your pain and suffering. Yeah. Massive healing will take place. And um and to just sit with it and do it. Now, of course, there are circumstances and contexts where pain has to be, you know, alleviated. Like, I mean, if someone breaks a leg and they're bleeding, you got to stop the bleeding. I mean, let's, you know, acute trauma. Those things have to be tended to. Don't get me wrong here, folks. But the chronic stuff, the chronic stuff has to be addressed by conscious healing and looking through this and sitting with it. Okay. And practicing your faith and your trust in life for yeah. life itself. 
for you, you work with the seven elements of healing, I noticed on your, yeah. yeah. So could you give us an overview of what the seven elements that you, yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you. Yeah. I can do my best of how I've uh, put together this. It's not my own work, but I personalized it through Mm -hmm. my experience. So Leonard Orr was the father of rebirthing and conscious breathing in the United States. Um, And so he founded that back in the 60s and he had a big following and wrote tons of books. And his whole work was about using um, the seven elements to optimize your health and healing. Okay, so we're all from nature and we're from the unknown. So in nature, there's four units or four elements, the earth, water, air and fire. And so we are each of those and they refer to each systems of the body and each of our sensory organs. So you have the earth element is your digestive system and it's your relationship with the microbial world and parasites and germs and fungus and viruses and various things. Your harmonious relationship with them would understand that they're not here to harm, they're here to heal. Mm-hmm. They, they help us heal. Okay, so it's a conscious symbiotic relationship with the earth element. And that's number one. There's also the structural aspect of life. So the structural component of your neuromuscular bones and structure, right? The skeletal system, how that functions and how that moves, that's a very important element to it as well. And there's some other ones, but those are two of the main ones is primal movement and your digestive system. Then you move up to the water element, which is your circulatory system. And real important is the lymphatic system. But we have a lot of other systems that are in the body, cerebral spinal fluid, you've got your urinary tract, you've got your blood, you have your your tears, you've got your saliva. There's a lot of circulation that needs to be addressed. So that's another relationship that we must have with our water. And certainly hydration and drinking clean and pure water, especially nature's water. If you can get a natural spring, that's the best water and best source to maintain not only the water element, but now it has the earth element as well. Yeah. Right. And so it contains it. And then you have the air element, which is referred to your respiratory system. So now you have your lungs and you have your hearing. So it refers to your ears and your ability to hear because when the air pressure hits the bones, that's when you start to experience hearing and sound. So sound healing is another version of it. Yeah. So any sound that you can hear. So that's why it's important, folks, if you want to be on the healing journey, whatever you're listening to is either healing or it's not healing or it's nourishing or malnourishing. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's uh, mechanical breathing in the primal body. And then there's spiritual breathing, yogic breathing, qigong breathing. So you could take it to read the spectrum. And finally, we come to the element of fire. Fire element is light. It's literally light. And um, that's when you start to go into frequencies and vibrations and stuff like that. But sitting with an open fire has the most profound effect on healing the, the nervous system. Specifically, if you spend it alone and you just tend to the fire. And just meditate on the fire and just be with the fire. That fire element is the element of transformation. We know that, the phoenix rising. Yeah. So light is very important. That's why sunlight on our skin and on our eyes and stuff like that is super important. And we've distanced ourselves by lathering ourselves up with sunscreen, putting sunglasses on to protect ourselves from the sun. You know, outside of any sort of common sense, You need the light to hit the retina and feed the brain directly. There's a reason why four of the cranial nerves feed the eyes. 
because the eyes is the element of transformation. Yeah. It's not just the eyes that were born with the two eyes. It's the seeing eye that's internal that you're feeding. Yeah. So then you have the outside stuff that's unseen, which is the mind, love and rest. Rest is not an element of nature in this plane of living, but it makes it all worth it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> okay. If you're on, if you're not rested, you'll know it. Okay, and yeah. you'll you won't be uh, very pleasant to be around in your human beingness. Okay, if you've evolved enough past that you mastered life by mastering death, okay, I want to meet you. And but if you're a human like me, rest is vital. So the mind has for me three minds: creative mind, the academic mind, and then the emotional mind. Yeah. Okay. And so there you go. Those are the three minds we have to play roles to and pay attention and own that our creative mind, our imagination is our greatest force on this plane of living. And then you have the academic mind or the intellectual mind, which is higher reasoning, which means that you are above and beyond emotionality. So emotions don't run the show, which is what a children does. Their emotions run their show. So you know if you're being emotional, you know you're you're in a certain age of your uh, childhood development that you got traumatized or neglected or shamed, and that has to be healed. So if you're feeling it, it's the moment that healing is taking place. So be respectful. Yeah, actually, uh, it is. Be respectful of what you're feeling. Yeah, because healing's taking place right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's and it's all it's creating an opportunity for yeah. you to to really own the truth of yourself in this moment. Yeah, because it's it's right behind it. It's mm. it's behind the feeling. The truth is coming. It's actually pushing that out. Yeah, it's trying you to know? get your attention. Yeah, and, and on the other side of that is more liberation, more freedom. Yeah. And uh, freedom of expression, freedom of um, all things, really. So then love is the final and the ultimate. Love is the, um, the element that here... We have to each define love for ourselves, you know, at the ultimate expression. Love has no polarity at its essence. And so I had my own Mm -hmm. definition that love has a yin and a yang component. And the yin is non-attachment and non-judgment. Okay. And so, and then the yang one is self-knowledge to know thyself, accomplish all. But you have to know yourself as the conscious self. Yes. And open a relationship. And that's what that's what the saying is. It's not knowing yourself as an accountant. It's knowing yourself as the conscious self. Um, yeah. And then. <laughs> well, because being the accountant is just what you're experiencing, you yeah. know, like so we and we then when we use that as an identity and we always say, hello, how are you? And we first question we ask you is what do you do? Yeah. Yeah. Instead of who, what are you? Not yeah. Who you yeah. Are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then finally, non-attachment, right? We have to be non-attached to those feelings because they're not a personal thing. I'm not the feeling. I'm the one that's witnessing the feeling. Yeah. 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 And then rest, you know, we have conscious rest. We have unconscious rest, which is sleep. Yeah. You have conscious rest, which is the yogis that sit in samadhi, right? They can find their way between the space of thoughts, right? So the space between your thoughts is where samadhi exists. Right. And the great yogis can train themselves to be in that space longer. Right. Yeah. yeah. So they're, f- they're fully aware. Yeah. But they're also fully still and silent. Yeah. Nothing's really happening until another thought comes. So they can spend time in that space and, uh, and then they get pure rest. Yeah. 
That's because the majority of people, you know, I call it mind chatter, but ruminating yes. that their brain doesn't shut down and it's, you know, they're tracking every thought and, and they're stuck in their own headspace. And then by the end of the day, they're like, Oh, that's a big day. And nothing's happened except right. their thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Running amok. Well, and then they need a lot of sleep or they can't sleep because they haven't really resolved um, that headspace and they haven't dropped into the primal body. Yeah. Right. So they're in there, you know, they're in their war because that's where war exists. Yes. And, and, you know, war isn't out there. It's in you and me. Yes. And um, to a more or less a degree. And, you know, as a side note, because there's a lot of wars going on is, you know, the more people that are at war, it has to be expressed externally. Yeah. Yeah. And to show us that what's going on internally. So actually, I wrote I wrote a piece which is about to go on YouTube, but it's like the warrior who fights. And I wrote that 20 years ago. And it's about the internal war. And the prize when you get there is actually recognizing you've got freedom of choice and that you are the manager of your freedom of choice. So you decide, you know, like you you need to, you need techniques and you need to understand things for you to be able to utilize that freedom of choice to your advantage. Whereas, you know, like we let when we let our emotions just run us, like the immature child mm -hmm. is still in the adult body, is that then you you're not acknowledging the power of your own freedom of choice. Yeah. And that's really the essence of if I summed up my journey, it's awareness. Awareness gives you the idea that you have choices and choices bring you to a certain result. And that result brings more awareness and you repeat the cycle. Yeah, and that's all it. it does. That's all it does. Right. So, you know, and I have my blind spots and that's why I still need coaching and I need mentorship and I need to be uh, objectively humble because I can get lost in my own subjectivity. Well, I think that's um, that's what a lot of us need to get our heads around because people think when they're on an evolutionary journey, which is what I call it, you know, you're expanding your awareness and you're thinking that you're going to get to a stage where you get all green lights in life and everything's <laughs> going to run the way you want it to, and it never does because you're 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 still expanding, you're still growing, you're still, you sh and you should never want to stop that. You should never want to well, get. I don't think you can stop it. I don't no. think you can stop. I, <laughs> no, I don't I think you can either. I mean, I know there are masters that have ascended, right? And they've mastered life by mastering death. Meaning, what does that mean? It means that they could leave the body and return to the body at will. And that's samadhi. Okay. Mm -hmm. And they can stay suspended and they can come back in four months, you know, whatever the, the case may be as an uh, ideology. But you have to be humbled with where you really are in your own evolution. What's your spiritual evolutionary grade? I mean, I have to be humbled. And the only way I could be humbled was by sitting next to people that I know are much more evolved. How do I know that? Because I can't lie in their presence. <laughs> it's, it's pretty simple. You just sit there and you are just, they just read you and they, they you, you feel their love, which I call their power and grace. Yeah. It's, the yeah. same, the two things are really vibrating at the same level, whether it's male and female, they're both vibrating with power and grace. A female represents herself with grace, but she needs the power behind it to experience that. And men to honor their real power, they need grace. And when they have both of those, they're different people and you just can't lie. You just, there's just, there's only truth can be heard. And it's a wonderful experience, but it's also a humbling experience where you sit there and you go, oh, okay, 
Now I know where I really am so I can enjoy the ride now without any seriousness and some lightheartedness about I have work to do. Yeah. And this is where a lot of Leonard Orr's work was about taking two words biblically or religiously, which was two words was eternal life in physical form. So physical immortality. You take those two words and put them together and you say, well, what the heck? We're told we're physically immortal. How come no one's teaching us how to experience that? Yeah. And so his whole life was spent on trying to teach people how to live in relationship with the elements of life so that you can start to feel more physical immortality before you leave the planet. Yeah. And right. That means less fear, more love, you know? And, and so those are the elements, earth, water, air, fire, mind, love, and rest, digestive system, circulatory system, your respiratory system, and your nervous system through the fire element and the nervous system and hormonal system are married. Okay? Yeah. They're, they're the yin and yang. They're married. So they both represent the fire element. Okay. And if you notice, I didn't talk about the immune system because the immune system is an amalgamation of all four of those because 80% of your immune system is in your digestive tract. Yeah, right. Yes. So yes. there's no need to really say, oh, I need to support my immune system. No, work on the four fundamental uh, systems and everything starts to fall into play, especially mind, love and rest. So that's a that's a framework that I like to associate with the primary colors for living the human life. And what does that mean? It means if you look at the rainbow represents the primary colors of our rainbow body, right? Yeah. And people look at the rainbow and I go, look at when you look at the rainbow, what do you see? And they go, oh, I look, I look amazing. It's the, the rainbow. It has seven colors and it's just all, it's mystical. Uh, yeah, you don't see the red. You don't just look at the blue. You take the whole thing into, so you have to take all the elements into relationship. You can't just say, oh, I'm just going to work on my digestive system and I'll be fine. Yeah. You can't because it's a, it's a rainbow and you have to take the rainbow effect in consideration. You need a relationship with all of them. And that's where a lot of healers or health people they think that their specialty is all they need to master. And yeah. that's when they get blindsided. Yeah. Because you forgot that you need a relationship with all of them. Yeah, we do. I, I, I'm guilty of that myself. We all are somewhat because we all we all like to sit in our own our own greatness. We don't yeah. like our weakness. No. <laughs> we don't like the system. <laughs> we don't like the thing that we're not, not that great at, right? So yes. uh, and so that's why every <laughs> conscious healing is having a relationship with all the elements and knowing which one is the most important one right now for you, and then move on and find another one that needs importance. And, uh, and then now as adults, spiritual adults, we really have a lot of work to do. Like yes. there's, how can you be bored with life? There's so much work internally that can be worked on my, Oh, I'm bored. Oh, I could breathe right now. I can learn my breathing. Oh, the sun's out. I can go walk for a walk in the sun on the earth barefoot. And, and now I'm playing with the elements. Let's just take a second for people to just, you know, digest that in a sense, right? Because everything well, that you. Well, I think the reality is, is that we have to acknowledge that we are complex and that and it's OK to embrace the complexity of being a soul in a physical body, what that actually means. And then when we look at it from there, all of a sudden it gets simplified because yes. you start to understand it. It's complex when you start because you you, you do, do people do feel overwhelmed by it. Mm -hmm. But then when you actually get your head around it, it starts to simplify and it gets real easy because you're looking at it through a different filter. Before this is you, what sorry, I was going to say, before what you're doing is you're always looking at through the filter of I've got to fix everything. 
mm-hmm. and then it overwhelms you. And yes. what you're saying is, okay, acknowledge the big picture, pick apart and be, look at that, look at that, look at that, and then all of a sudden it'll start to fall into place for you. As but they the can do that. They, they People do that with their homes. So they look and they go, oh, the kitchen's a mess. I'm going to clean the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> so you can do that with yourself. It's the same thing. You look at your closet and go, you know what? I can thin this out. Yeah. And give yourself, you know, the, and- be respectful that, it's nothing's going to happen overnight and be in be a participant in your own expansion of understanding yeah, yeah. and and then find life skills and self-care and self-love uh habits that you're starting to put in you already have a few you brush your teeth okay that's a self-care habit why because you value your teeth or you just don't want to have bad breath or whatever yeah but it's you value something. So if you value life, let's open a relationship with the elements of life. Yeah, brilliant. And, and you, you know, you are the elements. And so health is the foundation to life. And that's the earth, water, air, fire. And love is the purpose for living. Mind, love and rest. Beautiful. Well, I'm going to I'm going to ask you the big question is what do you think humanity needs to acknowledge and understand to evolve? It's a really big question, right? I, it, and you know what? I think you can you can apply it from uh, one, two sides of the coin. They need more pain and suffering. Right. They haven't bottomed out. No, There's no movement until a person bottoms out. No spiritual movement until a person bottoms out. Yes. When a person consciously bottoms out, that's when they raise their hand and they really are spiritually now saying, you know what? I need to, I need to, I'm, I'm ready. So they yeah. have to set, and what we call that, is you have to really truly experience a real pol- polar separation, right? Okay, because can you explain that to our listeners? Yeah, so it means that you have the inner voice of the spirit saying, do this, and you have this saboteur saying, don't do it. Yeah. And the greater that polarity gets, yes, the more pain and suffering you experience. And the bigger it goes, the bigger it goes, there's like an implosion where you bottom out. Yeah, and I can't take it anymore. uh, uh, The way I describe that to people is like when your denial gets broken, you'll do Mm -hmm. something, and as your awareness builds up, you're actually breaking more and more and more of your denial or your resistance or your avoidance to truth. And as you do that, you expand, and then after a while, you actually enjoy doing it. You want that to happen, and that's when you know that you've really got yourself on the path. Like you're accepting that you're on it. Well, it's like from birth, you start the process of separating. Yeah. And we separate, separate until the polarity is reached. And it could take many lifetimes to your bottom out. Right. Yeah. True. But then once the bottom out means the call of spirit is actually having you come back to spirit. Yeah. Right. Energy yeah. returns to the source of origination. I agree. And I always call that. That's your reconnaissance. You're out there. Yeah. You know. Or your, or your <laughs> what, what, what religion would say is um, repentance. Right. Or what's another well, word? Um, well, well, I'm looking the science at- of changing your mind. You start your here. Your mind is not in control. Now, the awareness of you as the one that is in control of choices. Now you're going to start changing your mind and you're coming back yeah. into spirit. And and I think for people, because what happens is they start really judging themselves as they start to become aware, they start judging what they have done. It's like, no, look at that as reconnaissance. That's the experience you needed to have so that you could learn about 
what different energies do, what different emotions do, what different decisions do. So you're in that reconnaissance phase and now as you're coming back towards the path, you're in using your awareness and converting it to wisdom because that's what it's doing and into conscious, more conscious energy. So, but you needed that reconnaissance. You needed those experiences. Otherwise, you mm-hmm. know, you'd just be doing a, a textbook version of it and that's not going to work. No, that's, no, that's what got you there. It's that's probably what, the textbook. Exactly. <laughs> so. I have um, loved this conversation. So what I want to do now is we play flip the book at the end of the podcast. So are you happy to do that? It's a little intuitive game we have. Yeah, I love this idea. All right. Yes. Yeah. I we love have this a- game. Excellent. So you've got the choice of one, two, or th- three. You've got three books. Let's make a deal. Yeah, 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 yeah basically. <laughs> Do you want one? To, I'm going to get the donkey. Um, <laughs> I'm going to take uh, number two. Number two. Okay. So number two, we actually need you to pick a number between 189 and 215, just to be complicated. So two- 189. Yeah, to 215. To 215. 189 to 215. Awesome. Let's do 214. 214, yeah. Because when we're using Breaking Free from the Chains of Silence, I only use the back of the book for this game because that's where the core essences are. The rest is about abuse. So we have one, two, three, four paragraphs to pick from. Mm -hmm. So one through four? Yes. Ah, number one. Number one. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, so we so when, so the core essences are the energy within your soul, like your conscious energy. So this is what we're referring to. So yours has actually pulled up truthfulness and it says truthfulness enables you to experience your own flow of consciousness. It is the willingness to be open and honest with yourself about your own internal and external reality, facilitating your ability to be present engaged and a witness to truth truthfulness creates foundations from which evolution is developed truthfulness is always the key to unshackling the chains of oppression that caused you to be deceptive with yourself and creates an intent to evolve your understanding of truth and yourself it's a big paragraph i guess it fills in the blanks for this whole podcast and then you can actually say that the truth does set you free, but it's going to piss you off first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you got to be ready for being really angry for knowing the truth, okay? But that that's is a part very of liberation. Good, no, it's a very good point because that's the, the reality. Is, that's is the that, truth of it. That's yes. the damn truth of it as a human being. <laughs> yeah, because it, uh, like confronting yourself is very difficult because you have to get over all that judgment about what that truth means. Mm-hmm. Do, do you know what and, I mean? When yeah, you identify- and, the, well, and all the entangled judgments of why the hell did I do that? Why didn't I know? How come no one told me? There's so much chitter chatter uh, that comes through with it. But obviously that it's better to be a wit- have someone witnessing when you're experiencing that truth so that they can give you the life skills in that moment so you don't get hijacked by your emotionality, right? So that you can transcend it and, and, and access some vibration, some sound healing, some toning, some chanting, some breath work, some movement, something to help 
channel that energy in a different way rather than the child throwing a tantrum. Yeah, basically. When you really start to understand your emotions, you realize that these unresolved emotions are constantly causing you to have a little inner tantrum, even if no one can see it. So when you catch yourself doing that, come back and try and be really truthful about it. And you've got you've got a, a junction point where you can make a different decision. So, and I liked here that it said um, that a witness to truth because I feel that off your system that you actually enjoy being a witness to truth now. You don't fight against it. You are leaning into it. That's the whole idea of being the ability to recognize when you're comfortable or you're uncomfortable in the familiar. Yeah, yeah. And so it's just familiar, but it's still like old sneakers. And so you want to actually realize that if you want to be the witness to your truth is that you have to enter your discomfort and yes. stretch yourself. Yeah, exactly. You know, in order to grow. So that's why that's the truth, you know. And Yeah, uh, definitely. I want to thank you for being here. I've thoroughly enjoyed our conversation and I wish you all the luck with everything that you're <laughs> endeavoring to do. Well, it's, you know, when you come across what I've come across, it's now I'm at that phase where it's a spiritual responsibility to share what I have to share and, um, and inspire and, and inform people to be self-motivated for life itself. You know, that's really the essence of it. And it's simple and it's, theory and, and philosophy, but it's difficult in its application. Yeah, but well said. Thank you for being here, Dan. All right. Take care. Very good. I actually Thank really you. enjoyed that. And you're a very good guest. Like yeah, you. Yeah. You. No, you are. You're really good. I'm Taking a lot of time and in, in reflecting and, yeah. and distilling it down so that the message could be at least somewhat cleaned up it, rather than the wounded child, wounded soul along that path. Yeah. It's better to, it took me a while, you know, and uh, I'm grateful for it because now I, I feel like I'm in that, I can use my story as a, as a form of um, uh, inspiration, you know, and that's really the intent is to help make a difference by contributing to the eradication of chronic degenerative disease as part of the human experience. Oh, you know, it's something we've created that path. Yeah. And the challenge is, is that I can only do my part. See, I can't do it for anyone else. And so that's why it's a, a challenge. The mission is very challenging because it's a psychic entity that disease is inevitable and out of our control. Yeah. And so we uphold that belief by the actions we take. Yeah. Yeah, and we do. Yeah. We yeah. do. And to a more or less a degree, right? So it's not if someone's going to get chronic disease, it's almost when and how bad. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, and, and we have a complete acceptance that that's how it's going to be because, you know, every second person around here has got cancer. You know what I mean? It's, you know, you can see. It's how... normalized. It's just yeah. normalized. It's just, yeah. well, that's the normal human experience. I'm like, no, that's something we've created. Yeah. It's not normal. In fact, that if that's normal for you, then the devil's in your tavern. Yeah. Gotcha. You see, yeah. that's not my God. My God doesn't say that. My God says you're physically immortal. Yeah. Your eternal life in physical form. That's yeah. what my God says. And you know what? I don't know if that's true or not, but I'm. you know what? I'd rather live that way. Yeah, for sure. For <laughs> sure. Definitely. I mean, if I had a choice to live physically immortal yeah. or a life to say I'm physically mortal, 
Now, here's an interesting thing, Lorraine. I tell people when there's like, oh, physical immortality, blah, 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 prove it. And I'm like, well, I'm still alive. And because I'm alive, I've I've defied death, haven't I? Yes, and you have. Like, yeah. All right. So that means I'm physically immortal until death. Yeah. Of this lifetime. And I'm going to go on and play somewhere else. Whatever. I'm just saying you are physically immortal right now because you're still alive in physical form. Yeah. It's only death defines that you have your mortality in the physical form. Yeah. Doesn't mean you haven't moved on, but what if you could take your eternal life, have an identity of that, and you can remain here? The reason why a lot of the gurus leave is because this place is a living hell. <laughs> <laughs> There's a summer. <laughs> so like, dude, I figured it out. I'm out of here. <laughs> Fair enough. It's true, you know. It is true. It is. It's true. like I'm going to that planet. Uh, that planet. I'm going over there. That's where. That's where the fruit is really good. Yeah. That's yeah. That's classic. Well, thank you, Dan. Certainly, this was a joyride. <laughs>